Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Janice PM, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today, today is Tuesday, it's January 9th, and this is the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. Today, we're reading from the big book, Chapter 1, Bill's Story, and we're going to be reading and commenting on two paragraphs on page 13, paragraph 3, which begins with, my schoolmate visited me, and ending with the end of paragraph 4, but that would be in great measure, and we can comment on the two paragraphs. Now, I'm just going to change it around here. Um, Twelve steps will be Carol H. Twelve traditions will be Leslie M. Our first reader is uh, Cynthia Y. Cynthia Y. Our second reader is Melanie C. Okay, and our newcomer greeter is Melanie also. She's going to wear two hats today. All right. Now, I have two reference numbers, which means they're five-digit IDs. One is for Monday. That's January 8th. That's yesterday for the 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting. The number is, the digits are 10901. That's 10,901. Now, this morning, this morning's number for the Tuesday, January 9th, for the 7 a.m. Eastern meeting is 10902. That's 10,902. Okay, our OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive overeating and compulsive food behaviors um, and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, and that's to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of overeaters anonymous. I will now ask, please, Carol H. to please read our 12 steps. Good morning, Janice. This is Carol H. Recovered gratefully in Colorado today. These are the 12 steps. One. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. 
Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends such, to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me read. And thank you so much, Carol H. Um, I will now ask Leslie M. to please read our 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Leslie M. Uh, Thank you, Janice P.M., for your service. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. Thank you for allowing me to do this service. And thank you so much, Leslie M., for reading our traditions. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read, 
We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. And once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. And in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Okay, today we resume our study in the big book on page 13. And we're going to begin with paragraph three, my schoolmate visited me. And I will now ask, please, Cynthia Y to start reading. Hi, this is Cynthia Y. I'm a recovering overeater in Dayton, Ohio. Can I be heard? You can. Okay. My schoolmate visited me, and I fully acquainted him with my problems and deficiencies. We made a list of people I had hurt or toward whom I felt resentment. I expressed my entire willingness to approach these individuals, admitting my wrongs. Never was I to be critical of them. I was to write all such matters to the utmost of my ability. I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. Never was I to pray for myself, except as my request bore on my usefulness to to others. Then only might I expect to receive, but that would be in great measure. And I love this reading. Um, It's so great that, well, that four and five are kind of summarized in such a small space, so simply, um, difficult, but simple. Um, The key things that stand out here for me always, I can relate to the entire willingness. Uh, All I need, again, is to be willing, Um, not necessarily getting it perfect, looking at who I've hurt and determining my wrongs, never being critical of others. This, again, it's a step just for me, where I get to see my wrongs, which sounds like a curse, but it's such a blessing because only when I get to see the wrongs and share them with another individual, then God can give me that gift of helping to remove those character defects and really bring things into my life. And in prayer, my thought was always not the right thought, but when I do just ask for the guidance I find it so much better than anything that I ever ask for God when I'm just asking out of my own will. The guidance that I get gives me so many gifts, so much beyond what I could ever ask for myself when I'm being selfish or self-centered. So this is such a great piece to me in just these two paragraphs, and I will turn it over to your other people's shares. And thank you so much, Cynthia Y., even for stepping up for us when we needed you. All right. Okay. Now the um, meeting is open. If anyone would like to share on those three paragraphs, that's page 13, paragraph three, and paragraph four. Who would like to begin? Uh, Wendy M. Okay. Good morning, Wendy M. Who else would like to Jenny B. Jenny B. Oh, you're also kind. Jenny B. Yes. Who else? Anyone else? Okay. Let's go with these two, and then we'll 
begin again. Wendy M., please go ahead. Okay, great. Good morning. It's Wendy M. in Colorado, recovered, and so grateful to um, God for the absence I have this morning, and uh, just grateful to be on the line. Janice, thanks for your help here. So several things. The first thing that strikes me is that we're talking about steps four through 11, actually, here. And um, it reminds me that it's a program of action, um, not a program of thinking. And that's a really, really good thing. And when I do an action, when I do these things, I get to God. Every time I'm willing to take an action, pick up the phone, write down my resentment, share, share that through the fifth step, share it with somebody, um, you know, make an amends, I get, that's when I get to God. I don't get to God by thinking about these things. I get to God by doing these things. Um, and I love, too, that it says express my entire willingness. Um, when I did my first ninth step, I'll never forget it. It was so freeing. It gave me so much freedom to go to people and to tell people honestly what I had done. You know, and today I call honesty a spiritual experience, right, because I was not honest before this program. There was no way I was going to be willing to talk to anybody honestly about what I actually did, um, Anyway, so, so I wanted to make, name that. But my favorite line is, I was to test my thinking by the new God consciousness within. Common sense would thus become uncommon sense. And I love that it's testing my thinking. Every day, every interaction, every opportunity is testing my thinking, right? Because this program is, um, well, being recovered, what I've heard, and it makes sense, is I don't think the way I thought, and I don't do what I used to do. And that is such a beautiful way to describe recovered and common sense. So my first go-to, my first common sense um, is, is Wendy's show. And then the pause is God, right? So that uncommon sense. So when I shut my mind down and someone gives me an idea and I shut it down immediately, that's the common sense. That's how I walk through the world. And today, I don't walk through the world that way. I pause and say, this doesn't feel great. I need to think about uncommon sense. What would God's way of, you know, of doing this be? So it's a complete rearrangement, a total transformation um, of thinking. And um, you know what? I'm so grateful for it uh, because when I get to God, all is well. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you so much, Wendy M. <clears throat> Pardon me, Jenny? B, it's your turn. Thank you. Um, in the second paragraph, it said, I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me, talking about your higher power. And um, I grew up with a religious background and thought I was presenting my request to God all along. Um, but I never approached them this way, and OA has taught me that um, I was still trying to solve my problems, even when I was convincing myself I was giving them over to my higher power all of these years. Um, to practice the act of sitting quietly when in doubt um, was nothing I did. Uh, what I did instead was I tried to problem solve and help my, you know, almost help God out <laughs> in the equation. Um, and by stopping and asking for his direction and strength to meet the problems as he would have me, put me in a whole new realm of submission, surrender, and humility um, that I needed for my recovery. 
because I was in great denial over just how much I was trying to control the different aspects of my life. Um, and especially when it came to solving and tackling the issues that were very large and, and hang up to me. Um, so uh, this is a practice that I'm not perfect at, and I definitely need to continue. And uh, with that, I will pass. Thank you so much, Jenny B. Okay, the floor is open for anyone that would like to share on these two paragraphs. Who would like to be next? Paragraph three and paragraph four. That's page 13. I'm sorry. I heard somebody for the second B. I don't know who the first one was. Courtney B. Courtney? Mm-hmm. Courtney. Okay, good morning. Courtney. And who was after Courtney? Chris G. Chris G. Okay, Chris G. Anyone else? Polly M. Lou B. Is that Polly M? Ollie. Polly. Okay, Ollie. Ali M and the next one was I heard somebody Lou, after Ali. Go ahead. Lou B Lou B. Got it. Lou B. Okay. And anybody Sherry else? KB. And Sherry K B. That's a good group for now. All right. Let's go with Courtney B. It's your turn, Courtney. Good morning. This is Courtney B from Northern California. Can you hear me? I can. I was, um, what really struck me with this paragraph is something I love that I not only get to participate in my own recovery, I really need to. It it always makes me a little nutty when I hear people say, oh, it's a gift, it's all a gift, it's all God, it's all God. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't work for me because I've always wanted an extreme soul makeover where God, you know, I go to sleep Friday and somehow I wake up the next day fixed and cured, and I have no discomfort, no pain in recovery, because it's all God. But I, God doesn't seem to heal me without my participation, because I remember thinking, well, if it's all God, what happens when you go binge? Where, where are you in this recovery? Where's, what's going on here? And in here, it strikes me so much as there's a lot that is up to me to do. I have to be willing. I make a list of people I had hurt. I express my entire willingness to approach them. I was to sit quietly for direction and strength. I was to pray. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff for me to participate in in my own recovery. And I think that has made a whole different change in perspective for myself of what this is going to look like. Do I submit to my higher power? Absolutely. But there seems to be more of a partnership. Uh, with me and my God. Like, God doesn't go shopping for me. I can think of times when, you know, I'm out of this or out of that, and I didn't feel like going to get it, but I always did it if it were a binge. No problem. 12 at night, off I'd go. And and so I, re- I recognize, oh, my part is, you know, I go get the food. I weigh my food. I know what I need to have in the house. God doesn't do that for me. That's my part. So it does help me to say, oh, my action plan today is this. Happy to change it if God has something different, but my participation matters. I pass. And I thank you so much, Courtney B. Okay, Chris G., it is your turn. This is Chris G. Can I be heard? 
Yes, you can. Okay, thank you. And thank you for all of your service, you guys. I'm on this call pretty much at least four times a week and usually five, and there are usually so many people that want to speak. Um, These paragraphs, and of course I have a big book that I've taken numerous big book studies in, and what I have next to these two, well, next to the first paragraph is it it's covering or going over four, five, eight, and nine. And the following paragraph where it begins, I was to test my thinking, is 11. And what I love about this big book is that pretty much every paragraph is going to touch on a step and an action somewhere. And, you know, the thing about this program that I have found more so with vision than ever before is every step has somewhat of an action. You know, whether it's an internal action or an external action, there's an action. And I kind of consider, and and please understand that I know my God is God, and, I, you know, I... Um, it's it's such a bizarre combination because I consider it a partnership. God is more than willing to assist me, and I have to be super willing. And when I read this, how this person was just more than willing to do all their nine steps. I've done, you know, I've gone through the steps numerous times in my just about 40 years in this program. But... I have never gone at my ninth steps with such vigor. Like, you know, there are times I don't want to face those people because of what I've done to them or because of the relationship I have with them. And today, you know, I'm I'm sticking in ten so that nine does not become an issue. You know, however. I make those amends, especially to my dearly beloved husband, much more easily and with much more willingness today. And I am so glad you guys are on this phone every morning. And with that, thank you, thank you very much, and I pass. Well, thank you so much, Chris G. Um, Our next uh, reader will be, I mean, um, the next person will be Allie M., please. Thank you. Good morning. This is Ali M. Recovered in Bellingham, Washington. Um, I am so grateful to be able to share on this um, today. There is just so much transformation in this small segment um, that we're reading. And this overall two paragraphs, I just hear so much, um, so much honesty, so much willingness, and uh, so much freedom from bondage, just the way that he speaks. Um, it's, it's, he's describing the instructions here so matter of fact and so um, removed from him, himself. And so when I read this, it, it takes the edge off of, you know, the story. And um, when I'm doing my step work now and, uh, and I have, you know, chatter in my, in my human brain, um, I always remind myself, um, and I and I ask my higher power to to please take out the story, and um, and we stick to the spiritual truth. So this is just um, 
there's so much honesty here where he's, you know, he was in complete denial about his, um, his alcoholism before. And now he just says, I fully acquainted him with my problems and deficiencies. Matter of fact, he just shared it all. And then it says, we made a list. And um, that's, the, that's the first thing that stuck out to me was the we. Um, I cannot get honest all by myself. I cannot go through this work and, um, and see the spiritual truth all by myself. I had to have um, support from people who had been there and come through it, you know, from a recovered sponsor who um, knew how to approach me and show me how to do this. Um, and I tried working the steps time after time and wasn't really able to get through it until I had somebody that really had the experience um, like Abby does when he's coming to Bill. And I love at the very end of this section where it says, um, then only might I expect to receive. And it's that only. And then there's a might. You know, there. this is the only part where he's not super straightforward this is giving um, a condition. And I like that, you know, I have to take the actions um, and I have to, you know, do it in the way that he's describing, you know, to the utmost of my ability and then um, expect to receive. But that would be in great measure. So um, this is just, I love how I hear these things repeated over and over, but he has boiled it down. So I'm grateful for the simplicity here, the honesty, and thank you everyone for being here today. And I pass. And thank you so much, Ollie M. All right, we have Luby. Your turn. Hi there, this is Luby from Cincinnati, Ohio. Can I be heard? You can. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone here at the meeting today. Um, I am in step four really heavily with my sponsor right now, and this message speaks to that process and to my recovery, which is um, which blows my mind. I really like um, what someone has shared about uncommon sense. Um, my will and the way that I'll run my day is to pretty much prioritize many worldly things above um, above God in my life. There's there are dishes to be done. There's laundry. There's a um, somebody needs something from the store. There's helping others, and I think that those things are noble um, in my mind. But if I don't stop and learn to find God, um, I know I'm I'm hosed. Um, because I've done it for years, and the result was nil. Um, so learning now to seek God um, every day is is really an uncommon sense for me. Um, but there's such relief. When I feel it working, there's such relief. And when I feel frustrated and confused, I know that I need to admit something that my will um, my will is trying to control or dictate or that I'm afraid of. Um, usually those are the things that are blocking me. Uh, so I have to practice, though. I, I appreciate what people say about action. I have to seek God in the morning through prayer and meditation and seek God 
through decisions about my food. Yesterday we talked about um, not having a choice anymore, that God, God it makes our choices related to food because we were incapable of perceiving our food use um, in a healthy, nourishing way. And so I'm just, I'm so grateful for this recovery, for having a sponsor that's gently guiding me through step four and helping me in step five to, um, to, make, my, to make my list, to see the character defects, and always every day realizing that I'm trying to grow and seek with God's help. Thank you so much. I pass. Thank you so much, Lou B. Okay, good morning to you, Sherry. Is it Sherry KB? Yeah. Good morning, everybody. It's Sherry KB in Northern California. Uh, very grateful, recovered compulsive overeater, and thank you so much for your service, Janice, and everybody on the line, and welcome newcomers. And you know, I just I love Bill's story because Bill's story is the entire big book um, condensed. And so, what we're talking about here are our spiritual toolkit that we sharpen and hone on every day if we want to stay out of this disease and stay recovered. And that's what I do know is that these are all about the steps. And here, you know, as has been mentioned, is that in the first paragraph it's about 7, 8, and 9, and then uh, 10 and 11 uh, in the next paragraph. And, you know, I was... um, looking at one of our daily readers the other day, and it was talking about the tools that we use in this program. And, you know, it didn't mention the steps in this book and when it was talking about our tools. And I was just like, wow. And this is from Voices of Recovery on, uh, I think it was January the, uh, yeah, January the 8th. And it didn't, it didn't mention the steps, which blew me away. Um, because without these steps, without this spiritual toolkit laid at my feet, um, I will go back into um, my disease. And this keeps it at bay for me. And I know that when I practice this skill set and I continue to get better and better, that's how my program gets better and better. And more consciously I am working these steps, especially living in 10, 11, and 12. That makes a difference. And um, people have talked about common sense um, would thus become uncommon sense. And what it makes me think about is, you know, my deal in life was always to be right. I wanted to be right. I absolutely did. And when I realized that, that so got in my way. That was part of the thinking in between my ears that I had to be right. And, you know, I, I take a step back from that. I, I live in 10, 11, and 12. So if I'm doing my 10 and 11s and 12s, I don't have to go back into 9 or 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, you know, if I continue to do this work and check check myself every day and live in 10, 11, and 12. And it's giving us instruction here about I was to, quiet, I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for directions and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. And to me, that is, you know, that is what this is about, um, that it's not the fairy show anymore. It's, it's, it's a God consciousness living a God conscious life. Um, and what would God have me be and do is to be useful to others. Um, and that I, that I do receive because I, I receive by giving. That's what I get. Um, I get so much out of being useful than I used to get out of being right. And I'm so grateful for that. With that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Sherry KB. Just a reminder that we're on page 13, and we're commenting on paragraph 3 <clears throat> and paragraph 4. Who would like to comment next? Yeah, 
I didn't hear it. I heard an O. Kathleen O. Okay, Kathleen O. Whom else? Mary H. Barbara E. I heard an H, and then I heard Barbara E. I'll put Barbara down. And who was the H with the H? Mary. Mary H., okay. And there was somebody before Barbara also, but we'll we'll get her now if she... Who was that? Leah T.D. Yes, good morning to you. Leah T.D. All right, and anybody else? Harper. All right, Ashley the, P. All right, Ashley P. Let's go with Kathleen O. And followed by Mary H. Go ahead, Kathleen. Thank you so much, Janice. This is Kathleen O. Good morning, everyone. Uh, recovered compulsive overeater in Northern California. And, you know, so Bill is taking new direction in his life in these paragraphs. And it really is a miracle when you think of where he's, what he's come from. And, you know, basically, uh, he's, he's asking where to go and asking for the strength to go there. Um, let's see. I was to sit quietly when in doubt, asking only for direction and strength to meet my problems as he would have me. And all action is born in thought. You know, I can't act my way into right thinking but if I'm, if my thinking is God-centered or other-centered, and not self-centered, then my actions will be right. And if my thinking is self-centered, self-centered, I'll almost always make the wrong decision, and more often than not, take the wrong action. And so when I pause, especially when agitated or doubtful, and I can get other-centered, I'll know peace, and that's how I know I'm doing this correctly. Because when I experience peace, I know I'm God-centered. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Kathleen O. Okay, it's your turn, Mary H. Good morning. This is Mary H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Northern California as well. And um, like a lot of people, I'm looking at that phrase, common versus uncommon sense and I wanted to share a illustration I have had of that I was having a hard time understanding what does that mean common sense uncommon sense and I had a um, kind of a nightmare a while back when I was um, recovering but in the food where I was um, underwater and some kind of entity or Person had me by the neck and was holding me underwater and of course I was thrashing and doing all I could to to escape and I had this dream it was a recurring dream and a nightmare and of course I'd wake up in a sweat and um, you know I really saw it as of course my disease that was really killing me and it, it was a pretty clear symbolism and somewhere in the uh, overtime, um, probably with the recovery, I had heard in the dream, um, which was my intuitive voice or the voice of God or however you want to say it, um, said really clearly while I was struggling to breathe underwater. And 
I was at this point in the dream where I'm like, you know, I'm dying anyway. I'm dying. I, 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 that, I, I think that was that jumping off point. And I went, fine, fine. I'll just breathe underwater. Like, that's going to work. And, um, and I did. And the dream, the nightmare kind of dissolved. And um, it may sound kind of trite, um, but it was really powerful for me. And it made me reflect on this, this sentence of, you know, that God consciousness, that common sense becomes uncommon sense where I just give up trying to figure it out myself. And I, I listen to this voice that's telling me, you know, the, the God consciousness is telling me to do things that I don't think, you know, I don't really want to do or I don't think are right. Like one of them is also that to um, love people when they're really unlovable, when I don't like them, when I'm angry, when I'm resentful, to let go of that resentment and be tolerant and loving. And that that is not, that was not a common thing for me to do. And learning to change that because I understand that's what I need to do and that's what I'm being told. And uh, one thing my mom used to always say is that when people are the most unlovable is when they need love the most. And I thought, ugh, I don't want to do that. What are you talking about? I think she would say it about my kids when they're being awful. And uh, so I just, oh, there's the timer, and that's a good place to stop, and I pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Mary H. Okay, Barbara E., good morning to you. Good morning. Uh, this is a lovely meeting, and I don't often get to go on it live, but the plumber who was supposed to come this morning uh, did not come. And I found, uh, the reason I even mentioned that is I said earlier this morning on the 7 a.m. meeting, for me, it's never a one and done. I was resentful, not at the plumber, but I was resentful today, even after having done the steps and made my amends. I was resentful at my husband for not calling the plumber to reconfirm the time. But I had to, I didn't act on it. I just felt the resentment coming. So I had to look at my part in it, definitely, why I was was resentful. Uh, it, It just, it's a constantly evolving process. I made a hair appointment for today. I didn't make it correctly. If I, so I had to reschedule it. Okay, I had a resentment at the hairdressers for my incorrect uh, request. That's not right. That's why I have to constantly go forward. Life, it's always throwing me lessons to learn. And when I hear how Bill did it and laid himself bare, well, I have made an appointment to call up my step sponsor and say and discuss briefly the two resentments, two and a half resentments I had built up and laid them back. What was my part in it? Where was I distrustful, dishonest, etc.? This is just a life lesson for me. It's not a mistake. It's a life lesson that I have to go forward every single day and do the best I can and pause and pray and get centered and restructure and 
just go to the meetings every day because they are absolutely wonderful. Thank you so much for being there. My fellows, I pass. And thank you, Barbara E. Okay, Liat GD. Liat, press star one. Yes. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Thank Good you. Morning. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for all of you beautiful people. Um, I love this, uh, what we just read today. You know, if I'm thinking about previous passages and Bill's life. I mean, you know, uncommon. You know, what he, he lived, you know, had no job for many years, uh, no friends, stealing, cheating, manipulating his wife to get his fix. That's where he ended up. And now this had to turn around to a completely different life based on something that is not him. And I can relate completely because, you know, I was in the food without a job, heavy, raising two little babies, feeding them so they can give me quiet, manipulating, stealing, hiding food, living like a criminal. Uh, that was common sense to me. I can't believe it. The thing, the beautiful thing is that, you know, although I was, you know, it took me 12 years in a way to get to, you know, switch this around and to see that this was my unmanageability, the way I was living. Um, oh gosh, I lost my, is that it was almost like overnight. I mean, we're looking at Bill within a few days, he's getting a transformation. This is happening to him in a really short time. And that's what happens here. It's miracles. You know, all of a sudden from someone a day, February 27th of 2000, I was not able to stay away from the bike. And on the 28th, I was free until today. That's a miracle. And that happened to me overnight. But I did have to come to that end where I exhausted all of my power and my ideas and I was willing to do all it takes to to start a life that is manageable and looking today every day at my life I have to continue to identify what is my current unmanageability what is my unco- uh, you know uh, what doesn't what needs to be switched turned around from sense making to not you know to God's sense making you know, and for me, it was lately ego. You know, I thought if I could just get fame and people will applaud me and, I, you know, I'll be at the top of the world and I'll feel good. And now it became not common sense. You know, I need to be quiet, listen to you, to anybody else who has something better to offer me so I can grow and follow God. I love you all. Have a wonderful Tuesday. I pass. And thank you so much, Leah. We love you, too. Okay, we're going to have Ashley P., please. Star one to unmute. Ashley P. Hi, this is Ashley P. Can I be heard? You can. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning. Hi, this is Ashley P., recovered in Northern California. Um. Yeah, I'm just super, super grateful to be on the line today. I'm just hearing such amazing shares. So thank you um, for everybody who shared. And um, thank you to Team Tuesday for your service. And and welcome to the newcomers. Um, 
Yeah, so I just, reading these pages, this is after pages upon pages in Bill's story of um, of addiction and and relapse and promises about um, about never doing it again and, and then a relapse. And I know when I'm reading that, I'm just thinking, man, it's, it's really never going to happen for this guy. Like it's really, when I think about my life, how I just thought it's, this is never going to happen for me. This is, you know, other people can get better, but I, I can't get better. Um, And so finally, you know, in, in these paragraphs, um, uh, he's, he's getting sober, um, which is an absolute miracle. As, as people have said, this is the miracle. Um, so what's different, what happens? And, and it's, it's the steps. Abby brings the steps into his life. Um, which just reminds me that there is magic in recovery and, um, the magic is, is, is the step work. And, and what happens is, um, this this wonderful sentence that so many people have been picking up on, which is that um, unco- common sense would thus become uncommon sense. So all of the things that I thought um, were true and real and and part of my life, you know, everything gets turned upside down. In um, eating sugar for comfort, I I start eating for health, and this constant fear of of gaining weight i don't listen to that anymore i i eat healthily i eat regular meals i eat snacks um and that's the physical part and then there's you know the part of me that is just a selfish self-centered individual and um, believes that i'm different than everybody else and basically lives my life I, i live my life in in fear of everything. I was just like this shaking leaf all of the time. Um, and, and I have, when I, when I have anxiety today, um, I talk to somebody, I do a 10 step, I pray, and then I sit in meditation so that I can listen. Um, after I ask for help, I, I can listen to what that help sounds like. Um, and so this this miracle comes from from what from from daily step work um you know it's 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 putting the work in in every day um and it's it's a really 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 wonderful way to live and I hear that and um hope everybody has a wonderful Tuesday and with that I pass and thank you so much Ashley P well we have about a minute does anyone want a quick quick comment. Otherwise, we'll go right into thanking everybody. And um, <clears throat> and I specifically want to thank, I didn't give you much time, did I? Uh, Carol H., Leslie M., Cynthia Y. for stepping up to be our first reader. And now, um, uh, Melanie, please, will please read A Vision for You, page 164. Um, our book is meant to be suggestive only keep you until then. Thanks, Janice. Melanie C. here, Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Oregon. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick, 
the answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourselves to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you. 